We interrupt your special announcement to bring you this regularly scheduled programming. Infinity Unlimited Flame! Hey, it's Coolio if you don't know, and it is time for yet another episode of Square Wave Symphony here on CKDU 88.1 FM in very, very, very sunny downtown Halifax. Um, yeah, it has been hot and humid, to say the least. Uh, we'll get to some more about the weather in a while, but for now, let's just relax and see what is going on at Low Bias Gaming, because it is time to uh, take a look at that. And uh, right now, it's uh, pretty much all Jason, still. Uh, that is not to say that other people aren't doing things, it's just to say that only Jason has been posting to the site. Um, so we have, what do we have? We have four new episodes of Secret of Mana, as well as two episodes of Tales of Fantasia, and a new Let's Play Popful Mail. Uh, that is as part of the Low Bias Monthly for August 2019 games on any Sega system. And uh, he's gone with Popful Mail, which is a pretty neat, uh, pretty neat little game. Um, for some reason I, I feel like it, I feel like it feels like, um, the Dragon's Trap, Wonder Boy type of thing. Maybe it's just me, I don't know. But, um, yeah, two new videos there. Of course, the 365 days of, Meg of, uh, of Super Nintendo, there we go, that thing is still going on with the latest episode uh, posted being Final Fantasy Mystic Quest. Which um, is a bit of an underdog in the Final Fantasy series. I might do the best of the worst about it at some point. But um, pretty decent game. Sometimes just gotta go talk to that sick guy over there. Anyway. Um, and... Also to say that I am streaming through the entire Kirby franchise um, that is over on the Low Bias Gaming YouTube channel, so if you want to check that out, that's great! But for now, let's listen to some music. You're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax.
You're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. That song was by Masafumi Takada and Satoshi Iwase. Uh, and it is called Danganronpa Supermix, which probably gives away today's game from the archives. Maybe I should bring this up before I before I start doing the archives. That'd be a good idea so that I don't have to. There we go. <clears throat> Jabberwock Island. Once a popular tourist destination, this now uninhabited island remains oddly pristine. You and your classmates at the Elite Hope Speak Academy have been brought to this island by your super cute teacher for a lovey-dovey heart-throbbing school trip. Everyone seems to be having fun in the sun until Monokuma returns to restart his murderous game. Trapped on this island of mutual killing, your only hope of escape rests in solving the island's mysteries. But be warned, sometimes the truth can be its own despair. And this is Danganronpa 2 Goodbye Despair. Um, it is a an interactive novel game for the PC developed and published by Spike Chunsoft and released in North America in 2016. And uh, yeah, it is the second installment of the Danganronpa series. Um, and I find that Danganronpa is a series that kind of has um, what I like to call survivor escalation. In other words, every installment has to be crazier and more mind-blowing and more con potentially confusing than the last. And um, this, uh, this is the first game that gets to, to demonstrate this concept, so. Anyway, Jade has brought us this Let's Play with a whole 52 videos available on the Lobias Gaming website, lobiasgaming.net. And uh, so yeah, it's not a light watch, but is definitely one that is worth your time.
And that was Canasibus with Winston from the album Filler. And you're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. And welcome back to Square Wave Symphony here on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax, your home for video games, chiptunes, and all things weird and geeky. And speaking of weird, it is time for the news of the weird, as is um, usually the case in this part of the show. Uh, as always, I do not read these stories ahead of time, so some of them might not jive well with all audiences, but they are uh, scanned for objectionable content beforehand. Uh, This segment is usually about 13 to 15 minutes long or so, so take that as you will. Our lead story, one of these days, or one of those days, rather. Starting off on the wrong, on the, starting off on a foot. Anyway, let's move the foot forward and see what happens. Sometimes a routine traffic stop, in this case for an expired license plate, is the most interesting incident in a cop's day, so it was on July 10th for Guthrie, Oklahoma police officers. Around 11 a.m., they stopped a car driven by Stephen Jennings, 40, who had a friend, Rachel Riviera, 30, in the front seat, and a timber rattlesnake in a terrarium on the back seat. Jennings told police that he had a gun in the car at about the same time they identified the car as stolen, reported KFOR. Upon further search, officers found an open bottle of whiskey next to the gun and a container of, quote, yellowish powder labeled, quote, uranium. The uranium is the wild card in that situation, Guthrie Police Sergeant Anthony Gibbs explained. Jennings told police he was trying to create a, quote, super snake with the radioactive uranium. Hmm. Charges for Jennings include possession of a stolen vehicle and transporting an open bottle of liquor. Because it was rattlesnake season, his valid hunting and fishing license absolved him of any charges related to the snake. Police are still trying to figure out what charges might be brought regarding the uranium. Yeah, um... This is generally not a good idea. To just have, just be carrying your, okay, one, how do you know that's uranium? And two, what are you doing with uranium? I know what you said you're going to do with uranium, but what are you doing with with uranium? Seems like a terrible idea. Anyway. On to the next story, right under their noses. Capitol Police in Montpellier, Vermont, discovered dozens of cannabis plants growing in the flower beds along a walkway at the State House on July 8th. Police Chief Matthew Romay told NBC5 that it was unclear whether the more than 30 plants were marijuana or hemp, and they don't know who planted them. But since there is no criminal case, officials don't have to plant to, uh, don't plan to have the plants tested. It's legal to cultivate, but there are limits on where you can do it, and the state house flower beds certainly aren't one of those permissible sites, Romay said. If there is a typical Vermont story, this is probably it. Of course, if um, 
it probably wouldn't be as much of a problem. Well, I don't know about um, cultivating marijuana in Canada. I was about to say cultivating uranium. I, I have the uranium on the mind now. It's like the most boggling thing for me. I don't know. Anyway, secondhand high. Uh, Dr. Scott Dalgenau, or Dalgeno, one of the two, owner of uh, Valley Emergency Pet Care in Basalt, Colorado, has noticed a new trend among his dog patients. He told the Aspen Times on July 11th that he's seeing three to ten dogs a week in his veterinary office with uranium poisoning. No, with marijuana toxicity. So I guess there is some relation to a previous story after all. No, they're not talking alongside their owners around the fire pit. Delgeno's theory is the dogs are eating human feces while on trails or camping with their owners and getting a secondhand buzz. Pet owner Rebecca Cole said her dog Marty started staggering, vomiting, and urinating on the floor after hiking with her on a trail last spring. Cole took Marty to the vet where, quote, they said he was high. I couldn't believe it because I don't have anything in my house, Delgeno said. Most dogs will eat human feces given the opportunity. Gross. But, um, I mean... Animals will do what animals do, I guess. Not much you can do about it. Other than have them treated if there's something a little strange in that poop. Our next story, our next two stories actually, under the category of, say it with me now, awesome. When not just any old Motel 6 will do, check into the Haneda XL Hotel Tokyo, near Tokyo's airport. It says Tokyo. Anyway, near Tokyo's airport and ask for the superior cockpit room. Along with two beds, a bathroom and the table, the room features a full Boeing 737-800 flight simulator that offers guests the experience of piloting a full-size jet. According to United Press International, the room rents for $234 per night, but for a 90-minute simulator session with an expert, guests will have to cough up another $277. The simulator can't be used without supervision. The room became available for booking on July 18th. I mean, there there is a market for flight sims. So if you can offer your audience the most realistic possible flight sim, then people are going to book that room. That's all I can say. Uh, next awesome story is uh, General Charles Etienne Goudin, I guess, one of Napoleon Bonaparte's favorite generals, was, was killed by a cannonball on August 22, 1812 during the failed French invasion of Russia. Posthumously, he got the star treatment, a street named after him in Paris, his name carved on the Arc de Triomphe, and his heart removed and brought home to be placed in a Paris uh, cemetery chapel. But on July 6, Reuters reported, a team of archaeologists found what they believe are his remains buried, ironically, beneath the foundation of a dance floor in Smolensk, Russia. Their first clue, Goudin had lost one of his legs below the knee in battle, and indeed the skeleton was missing its left leg. 
Scientists will compare the skeleton's DNA with living descendants of Gudens to confirm their suspicions. Party on, Charles. Party on. Even into the afterlife. Party on. Our next story, that's not the way it works, Karen. I mean, that's what it says. I gotta read it. I suppose I don't have to read it, but it's there. In Turkey's new Istanbul airport, a first-time flyer had to be rescued on July 10th after she assumed the conveyor belt carrying luggage to the baggage sorting room was her path to the plane. The unnamed woman, juggling a carry-on and a shopping bag, stepped carefully up to the moving belt at the airport check-in and tried to climb on, but lost her, bal her balance and took a tumble. The Sun reported that airport personnel were quick to stop the conveyor belt and help her off. There will be a day in the future where everything will be conveyor belts. I mean, we've seen that proof in the Jetsons several times. So it's going to happen someday. Today is not that day. Questionable judgment. A. Janice Yeager, 49, of Dixon, Illinois, was arrested on July 9th as she motored toward home with an inflated kiddie pool on the roof of her SUV. CBS2 Chicago reported that Dixon police officers pulled Yeager over after being alerted that uh, there are two children in the pool. Yeager told police she took the pool to a friend's house to inflate it, then had her daughters ride inside it, quote, to hold it down on their drive home. Yeager was charged with two counts of endangering the health or life of a child and two counts of reckless conduct. As she should. That was... What even? What did, don't have your children right on the roof of your car. Just... Not advisable. In the least. Anyway, bright ideas. Here's some other people who have them. Maybe this one is actually a bright idea. People in the United Arab Emirates depend heavily on expensive desalination for drinking water, but, but an Emirati businessman has a novel idea for providing fresh water to the Arabian Gulf. Abdullah Al-Shehi Al wants to borrow an iceberg from Antarctica, Euronews reported in May. For six years, Al-Shehi has been working on a plan to tow an iceberg as much as 1.25 miles long and a third of a mile wide, the entire 5,500 miles to the UAE coast. He estimates the journey will take 10 months and the iceberg may lose about 30% of its mass, but Al-Shehi believes its presence could provide drinking water to about 1 million people for about five years. And that's not all. It's expected that the presence of these icebergs may cause a weather pattern change and attract more rain to the region, he said. A trial run this year will move a smaller iceberg at a cost of $60 million to $80 million. Al-Shehi believes the cost of a larger project will be between $100 and $150 million. Let's not mess with the weather. Let's please just not mess with the weather. It's messed up already. We've had heat warnings all week here in Halifax. Let's not mess with it any further, shall we? Please, just leave the weather where maybe it was a couple of years ago. That'd be a good idea. Cool? Cool. 
Mr. Guo in the kitchen with a ladle. We're playing Clue. Uh, nearly a year after Chef Xu Bin Wang, uh, 33, was found dead in his room above China's Chef Carriot restaurant in Brockenhurst, Hampshire, England, police are still trying to figure out how he died, Metro News reported. He apparently suffered a, quote, forceful blow to the head, and officials first fingered Zhu Longguo, um, a colleague at the restaurant who admitted to, stri to striking Wang with a ladle during an altercation. A ladle was seized, and there was a thorough investigation, De Detective Constable Brad Wanless uh, reported at an inquest on July 11th. But the coroner could not make a, de a definite determination. I do not accept there is a clear casual link between the admitted blow with the ladle and the death of Mr. Wang, senior coroner Graham uh, Short concluded. One way that we could figure this out right away... I have a kitchen card. It didn't happen in the kitchen. I realized terrible clue joke. It had to be done because it was set up that way. Our last story for today, armed and ordained. When the alarm went off at 12.40 a.m. Oh my goodness, 12.40 a.m. alarm. Okay. When the alarm went off at 12.40 a.m. on July 11th at the Seminole Heights Baptist Church in Tampa, Florida, Pastor Brant Adams, 40, was alerted, I should hope so, and grabbed his handgun. Okay. He arrived at the scene just some minutes later, uh, spying a man rifling through a desk in a food pantry in the church. The intruder noticed Adams and started approaching him, so Adams drew his gun and ordered him to hit the floor, which he did. I said, dude, what are you doing? Adams told the Tampa Bay Times. There's a... Wait. The pastor is saying, dude? Sign of the Times, I guess. Adams held the man, Miguel Otero Rivera, 49, at gunpoint until police arrived who arrested him and charged him with burglary. When police led Otero Rivera out, he told the pastor, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. For his part, Adams was just glad no one was hurt. I never thought I'd pull a gun on someone, he said. Hope the gentleman gets the help that he needs. He might end up going to jail before getting the help he needs. Let me just say that right away. Anyway, it is time to take a look at this weather thing that I've been talking about. Uh, there, Like I said, there have been heat warnings in effect, but apparently there is not right now. So, yay, maybe we're in the clear. Let's hope so. Um, remembering the temperatures from last week, I don't remember there being any signs of heat waves in... There we go. Anyway, <clears throat> it is currently 28 degrees here in Halifax. Um, we are looking at uh, mainly sunny skies. A few clouds wind west uh, 20 kilometers an hour becoming light this evening in a low of 15 degrees. Saturday, August 3rd, mainly sunny and a high of 28, going down to a low of 17 and a few clouds at night with winds becoming southwest 20 kilometers an hour gusting to 40 near noon. Uh, highs maybe 21 along parts of the coast with humidex of 32, UV index of 7 or high. Sunday, August 4th, a 6% chance of showers and I have 24 going down to a low of 14 in clear skies at night. 
Monday, August 5th, sunny skies and a high of 26, going down to a low of 15 and cloudy periods at night. Tuesday, August 6th, a mix of sun and cloud and a high of 25, going down to a low of 17 and cloudy periods at night. Wednesday, August 7th, cloudy skies and a high of 24, going down to a low of 18 and 6% chance of showers, which will persist into Thursday, August 8th, where we're looking at a high of 23 degrees. You're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. It's time for a little bit more music, shall we?
That was uh, Pointless with Night City Hardcore Tunes from the album Pulse Wave Rave Party. And you're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. And welcome back to Square Wave Symphony here on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. And I've found a thing. Yes, I have found a thing and I'll share that thing with you in a segment that I like to call I Found a Thing because I'm the most original person in the world. Anyway, we all know that um, Pluto lost its um, its designation as being a planet um, back a few years ago. Um, it became a dwarf planet because what actually constitutes a planet was a little more um, highly defined, let's say, and Pluto doesn't meet all of the conditions that it needs to um, to meet in order to be considered a planet. Anyway, thing is, uh, some people in New Mexico weren't too happy about that, so they did something about it. And, um... Derek Rossingall over at The Nerdist wrote an article about this on February 2nd, 2017 called Pluto is still legally a planet whenever it passes over New Mexico. August 24th, 2006 was a dark day for Pluto enthusiasts. It was on that day that International Astronomical Union established uh, three conditions a celestial body must meet in order to be considered a planet. A planet must orbit around the sun, it must be massive enough to be rounded by its own gravity, and it must have, quote, cleared the neighborhood around its orbit, which simply means that it must have a certain amount of gravitational pull. Pluto does not meet the third condition, so once those rules are put in place, Pluto was the, the was demoted to dwarf planet 75 years after its discovery. Hearts everywhere were broken. Oh. Uh, as the ninth planet was sadly no, no longer so. What is my very excellent mother going to serve us to serve nine of uh, to serve us nine of now? Oh, that's not a problem in New Mexico, who has taken a very Jerry Smith-like stance and declared that in some instance they will still legally consider uh, Pluto to be a full-fledged planet. By um, actually. A, full a full-fledged planet. There we go. In 2007, the state's House of Representatives voted on a piece of legislature that concludes, as Pluto passes overhead through, Me uh, through Mexico's excellent night skies, it be declared a planet, and that March 13, 2007, be declared Pluto Planet Day at the legislature. The House voted in favor, and thus, depending on when, uh, on where, and when you are, Pluto is definitely still a planet. If you're wondering where the enthusiasm comes from, the state has a special connection to Pluto as Clyde Tombaugh, its discoverer, taught astronomy at New Mexico State University for nearly 20 years and was a proud resident of the state. And he's also the great nephew of baseball pitcher in the 2004 MLB National League MVP Clayton Kershaw. Most in the astronomy community probably don't agree with New Mexico on this issue, but we're going to trust them on this one. Welcome back, Pluto. 
some people are really distraught with Pluto not being a planet. So they're they're of one person would say Jerry Smith-like stance, but I would go more with Adam Savage. I reject your reality and substitute my own. One of his most known quotes, I'm pretty sure, and definitely applies to this situation. Anyway, that's about all I have to say about that. So let's go on some more music. You're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. Microscopic Polar Bears with Starship Ada, and you're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. 
All right, it is time to do this once again. I am doing another rapid review rampage. And this time the subject is series and franchises. For anyone who is not familiar with how this works, we'll simply put, I will have a um, one minute timer to speak about a, um, a random um, series or franchise. There we go that uh, will be select selected from a list. Um, every minute I'll be reshuffling the list and picking out two entries from that list and I can talk about either one of those entries. Now as a bit of a reference from the last time I did this where randomly the word cow would show up and I eventually figured out why, I have added cow to the list. If cow comes up, then I have to talk about the other thing. I don't get to choose. So, um, yeah, that's what's going to be happening. And it's going to be happening a couple of times. Anyway, enough digressions. Let's get this thing started. Yo. Oh, didn't start. There we go. Why is it 10 seconds? No. I set it to a minute, not 10 minutes. There we go. It's started now. We're going to be starting with Zelda. Zelda is quite the um, classic thing that's going on. Of course, it, it's seen all sorts of different um, incarnations. We have Ze the original Zelda, the top-down. We have the platformer Zelda 2. We have the 3D worlds that came, you know, 64 and onward. We have um, Oracle of Agents and Seasons, which kind of plug into each other in a way. So Zelda, just like Nintendo itself, Zelda's been kind of one to try weird new things all the time. And sometimes things stick and sometimes things don't. But, I mean, it's been around since the very beginning of Nintendo times. And there's probably a reason for why we're still playing Zelda games today. So... There you go. That's what I have to say about Zelda, and I still have two seconds left, so... Oh, it's beeping. Okay, that's the thing that this does. Um, let's go with uh, Danganronpa, since we've been on the subject. Um, Danganronpa is a series of mostly of visual novel games um, that deal with a killing game and um you know hope versus despair and monokum and all that but there's also that's not the entire series there's also um dang up another episode ultra despair girls which is kind of a third person shooter type of thing there is danganronpa 3 which is purely an anime there are also the anime adaptation of danganronpa 1 um manga for pretty much everything and it's just a series that gets crazier and crazier every single time. So, um, it's it's worth it if you like if you like reality shows, you're probably going to like this game. So there you go. Um, Star Fox, sure, let's go with that. Star Fox is um, the the very first Star Fox game was on the Super Nintendo. Um, it was one of the first console games as far as I'm aware at, at least on the on the Nintendo side of things but um, it was an early console game to have 3d graphics is what I'm trying to say and they were very slow 3d graphics but they were still quite workable um, they 
definitely we're treading new ground with this sort of thing and um i think it paid off nowadays you have you have like star was it star link i think it is which is kind of a weird thing that has that has the whole thing about uh, you buy little statuettes to unlock new characters and that's kind of weird but overall star fox interesting series um and there's the beep oh we got cow so i have to talk about wario um but that's not a problem the wario series is um one that is um quite fun for me uh really works on the whole thing about wario is greedy so you have to collect as many things as you can which works well since i follow the gamer's prerogative where i will collect things even if it means my doom and um and there's all sorts of treasures to be found there's all sorts of you know secrets collecting lots of money will result in better endings most of the time and um yeah you also have WarioWare, which is a series of uh micro games as they call them so you know super f rapid fire play much like this series actually so yeah, it's pretty fun, and um, there's the beep. Um, well, I got Cow, but I also got Zelda, which means I have to go on to the next one. Leisure Suit Larry and Cow, so Leisure Suit Larry. Cow is coming up a lot. Leisure Suit Larry is an interesting series, not one that is recommended necessarily for everyone, but um, basically you um follow the misadventures of larry laffer who's looking for love in several wrong places which is actually the title of one of the games um d despite it being a little raunchy at points it's um it has lots of different types of humor it has like just random running gags like one of them keeps saying have a nice day all the time so I have a nice day are the most empty words you can probably say to someone and you know mean well but not actually say anything type of thing so uh okay uh toho or wario so i've already talked about wario so it's gonna be toho uh toho is a series mostly made up of um bullet hell danmaku games um some of the, usually the Don, the Donmaku shooters are a little outside of my expertise. I do have one on the PSP that's kind of a fan game, but that's the big thing about the Toho series is the fan games. There's a lot of fan canon or fanon as you would uh, as you might be apt to call it. Um, so th there's some basic story to it, but there's a lot of things that people just kind of accept as, you know, this is how things are in Gensokyo. And so there's a lot of fan games that come out based on that. And um, it's a really interesting community led by a drunken Shinto priest is all I can really say. Okay, Wario's coming up a lot. Uh, Banjo-Kazooie is the other one. So Banjo-Kazooie is a sort of... Um, one would call it a collectathon type of game, which is pretty accurate. You try and collect all of the things, not in the same way as Wario necessarily. Um, you you do have to collect all of the things to get a hundred percent rating, but um, it generally doesn't 
result in a much different ending when you get that is um but like for instance in the first two games you had the this feature that they were kind of hinting at which never happened that was called stop and swap so you you plug in your uh finished banjo kazooie game um start it up remove it plug in the banjo tooie game and something would happen but that was too dangerous for the n64 so it never happened so oh there we go uh, diablo or mega man diablo let's go with diablo diablo is uh kind of a real-time type of rpg game role-playing game game um the first one was uh sort of roguelike ish but uh, they've gotten progressively less roguelike and are straight up not roguelike now. And I should stop saying roguelike because the na the word roguelike is already muddied enough anyway. But anyway, um, you fight demons, you go down to hell, you kill Diablo. That's usually how Diablo games work. Um, Diablo 3 seemed to be wrapped up pretty nicely, but then they came out with the expansion, which kind of opened it up again, so there might be a Diablo 4 later on, who knows, there's going to be a Diablo mobile game eventually, so that's going to be interesting, or maybe it's going to suck, I don't know. Um, one last one, Klonoa or Kirby, let's go with Kirby. Uh, Kirby is a series that I've been uh, doing streams about and it's kind of crazy and I probably shouldn't be doing this because I think I'm running high on time but um, yeah so Kirby is a name you should know he's a star of the show he's more than you think he's got maximum pink why am I why am I reciting that it's kind of a terrible um, anime series uh, at least the uh, for kids version but the the games are mostly pretty good there are a few exceptions there are some games that just don't follow the proper Kirby theme and um, shouldn't should not have been released as Kirby games but uh, for the most part pretty good series um, you know Kirby uh, inhaling his enemies and Acquiring their powers and doing all sorts of crazy things. Never run out of time. You're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax.
And that was, let's see here, R.R. Thiel with the Occupied Garden, and that is rounding off the hour. Thank you for joining me today. I've had a lot of fun. Um, been a little ragged this week, but I think I've um, brought you a sufficient amount of energy, and now I'm going to go lie down. If you do have the energy, however, I would suggest that you go see the Halifax Buskers if you're local. That's over at the waterfront. That's happening this weekend. Lots of fun times are going to happen. And um, it's happening right now. So, you know, waste no time. Go, 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 go. Um, hopefully you're in your car now listening to CKDU on your car radio. And um, heading over there. And, well, if you're not local, well, don't worry about it. Um, but definitely keep it in mind. Maybe check it out next year if you're able to travel to Halifax. Anyway, I digress. I gotta close up the show, so let's do that. Square Wave Symphony is based on the format of the Electric Leftovers podcast by Jason Parton of Low Bias Gaming, lowbiasgaming.net. News of the Weird is written by the editors at Andrews McNeil's Indication, newsoftheweird.com. Segment music composed by myself, Madame Namiki, Norikiki Mikura, Twilight of Defect, Pink Projects, Zendax, and Commissar. Stay tuned for the Astrology Show, coming up next on CKDU, followed by The Witching Hour at 7pm and The Vinyl Factory at 8.30. Comments, questions, want your chiptunes featured on the show? Email me at squaresim at lowbiasgaming.net or get in touch on Twitter at squaresim, S-Y-M. You can also call the CKDU feedback line at 902-494-8041. There's also a podcast version of this show. It's available on lowbiasgaming.net slash squaresim or just search for Square Wave Symphony. Square Wave is one word. On Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or TuneIn Radio or whatever podcast app that you prefer. This has been Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. I'm Coolio if you don't know, and I'll see you guys next time. Oh, <laughs> oh,